Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD, along with me for the ride, as always, is Will the Thrill. Hey, that's me. Greetings and salutations. I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the man of the hour. <laughs> You're so friggin' old. I had to take you to Denny's and let you get the sundown platter. <laughs> the birthday boy, Mr. TJ2. The dust. Yeah. <laughs> get off my lawn! <laughs> uh, yeah. How old are you now? Is AAR? I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need room on my my lawn on which to stand and shake my fist at clouds. Hey, that's fine. Has uh has AARP already contacted you? Or I mean, let's 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 be honest. T, you've already had knee problems, so yep. it's just you know what? Don't fall. Okay, that's the worst. Just don't That's, fall. That would, be, that would be the worst thing. So I'm, I'll ask for someone to help me to my car after I finish up at Bingo tonight. Um, <laughs> right. We'll head over to the K&W cafeteria for some uh, bland baked chicken and unseasoned mashed potatoes. And then I'll go get a claim my free coffee at Hardee's that I'm yeah. entitled to for being old. Yeah. And then you're just going to find Werther's Originals in like weird places. You're going to have a crystal bowl that's got some keys yep. to a car that you don't own anymore and just mm-hmm. some hard, unidentifiable candy. Yep, just that red candy and Werther's Originals and peppermints. Lots of peppermints. Got to have you, peppermints. Do you, do you already have a, a jar of buttons? No, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. Okay. Yeah. I, I fully expect my prostate to fall out of my pants leg at some point here. <laughs> that is a concern. Um, so let's get some unfortunate news out of the way, and then we'll tell the folks what we're doing today. But we did get some really sad news. Matthew Perry passed away at the age of 54. Of course, not musical, but I worked with him twice. Once on a movie called 17 Again, and another time on Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. And I will say, must have been of recovery time for him because he was not very nice but that i've heard conflicting things in hollywood but the thing is he 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 fought a lot of demons and i think he was coming out on the other side and it's just it's really sad because he did undeniably bring joy to millions of people but the fact is he wants to not be remembered for his time on friends he doesn't want to be remembered 
as an actor. He put out something at some point where basically he says that like he doesn't want to be, you know, he, he knows that he'll be remembered for his acting. He knows that he'll he'll be remembered for friends. But the thing that he wanted people to know, like to associate with him, was his recovery house that right. he helped establish. And so I think, you know, that's how we're going to leave it, was that Matthew Perry died at the age of 54 and he should be remembered for establishing a, you know, in-treatment uh, house for addicts, you know, to help people like him. Sure. Like you said, his work as an actor shouldn't be minimized because that was important too. Like you said, he brought joy to an awful lot of people, but then helping people on a more tangible level with with the with this the recovery house. Both both are good legacies to leave behind, I would say. Yeah. He said, I've had a lot of ups and downs. This is Matthew Perry talking. I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life and I'm still working through it personally. But the best thing about me is that if an alcoholic or drug addict comes up to me and says, will you help me? I will always say, yes, I know how to do that. I'll do that for you, even if I can't always do it for myself. So I do that wherever I can in groups or one-on-one. -on -one. And I created the Perry House in Malibu, a sober living facility for men. I also wrote my play, The End of the Longing, which is a personal message to the world, an exaggerated form of me as a drunk. I had something important to say to people like me and to people who love people like me. When I die, I know that people will talk about friends, 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 and I'm glad of that. I'm happy I've done some solid work as an actor, as well as given multiple people the chance to make fun of my struggles on the World Wide Web. But when I die, as far as my so-called accomplishments go, it would be nice if friends were listed far below the things I did to try to help other people. I know it won't happen, but it would be nice. And so I think that's the best way we can honor Matthew Perry is by just remembering that he created a sober living home in Malibu to help addicts. And that's incredible. So thank you, Matthew Perry. You are going to be missed by my millions. I've rarely seen Facebook explode like that. And you know that they've made a major impact on someone when, when TikTok, Facebook, threads, Instagram is just full of messages saying rest in peace. You know, that's, that's incredible. So yeah, but I mean, like that's, he, he established this halfway home. You know, and I guess it's just, it's really sad because he was on his way to recovery. kind of reminded me of Amy Winehouse, you know, how she was on the way to recovery and then she, she passed like right, right as she was trying to get clean. Right. But then uh, who else passed away? Because I know that we had exchanged texts back and forth because we joke about how old Travis is because I mean, he's, he's ancient, but our grandmother used to love this TV show. And every time it was on in the house, she told us to shut up because she was watching it because she thought <laughs> that everybody in the cast was so funny. Yeah, Night Court. Richard Mall, of course, played Bull. Um, and if I, what I saw was right. The only two cast members left are Marshall Warfield and John Larroquette. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Somebody died while the show was still on. They, there was Selma, and then there was another one, and then they brought Marshall Warfield on. But, you know, Harry passed away. Marky Post died not too long ago. Mac is, is dead, unfortunately. And now Richard Mall, who was just such a likable dude, funny. That show was, it was slapsticky and dumb and brilliant. No, <laughs> and there, there, there was an episode I remember where there was a woman who would only behave like the movies that were mentioned. Do you remember that? Like it was- I don't a, remember like that a, one, no. So it was a woman that you'd have to like pretend that you were in a movie to get her to do something. 
And so she ends up with a gun and it's, it's Bull's gun. And so they pretend like they're in the Wizard of Oz. And then Bull comes in and he swings the door open. He knocks the woman out and he's like, oh, there's my gun. And he just picks it up and walks out. I loved him. He was, him and Harry Anderson were just the two best parts of that show. Everyone and I, great. And I loved, I loved, funny. I loved John Larquette still. He was in my, one of my favorite mini series of all times, which was called The Tenth Kingdom. Immensely talented, and he was so great on Night Court. Every, everybody else was so likable, and Dan was like the dude that hated, or, well, Dan Fielding, or a.k.a. Reinhold Ouija, was the guy that, that you kind of loved to hate, the super creepy, lecherous dude. But that, that show was so so brilliant and so funny in a million different ways, and, yeah, that, that one was certainly sad. And there was one other passing yesterday, as we sit here and record this, that actually plays into one of our topics. Oh, no. Yeah. Who is it? It's odd that that's happened more than once. Uh, Bobby Knight, former Indiana and Texas Tech basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Cut yes. the lot, threw chairs, won three national championships. Yeah. Dang. There's, there is a, a thing. You can find it on YouTube. I think it's Bobby Knight filming a commercial or a segment of for some show, but it's him playing golf, and it's all the outtakes. You've never heard a human being cuss as much as Bobby Knight. <laughs> it's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, so, so he passed away, and very strangely, we just happened to have a topic on today's show that, that somewhat relates to that. Yeah, and we rarely, rarely talk about this because, uh, for me, it's a total handicap. Like, my favorite basketball player, if you ask me, is Muggsy Bogues because he came to elementary school. Yep, and, and he was shorter than all of you. Yep, <laughs> accurate. Yet, yet, yet played point guard in the NBA for like twelve seasons somehow. Yes, he did. Five, three. And that was when Charlotte was the Hornets and not the New Orleans Pelicans. I think. Yeah, well, thing. yes, but then Charlotte got a franchise back. It was called the Bobcats, and nobody liked that, so they changed it back to the Hornets. But Ugh, yes, the original Hornets did move to New, to New Orleans and become the Pelicans. Excellent. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm at a handicap when it comes to sports. Uh, I I know a little bit about all the sports, but uh, when we get back from our break, which we're about to take, my brother will explain to you why sports is a thing on our podcast about music. So I think now is the perfect time for us to take our first sponsor break, and we will be right back, and I'll hand the reins over to my brother. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. And we are back. All right. So. What are we doing? So we're doing a, a slap nuts. And as is our want, when it is your birthday month, you get to pick the slap nuts topics. And so I've chosen three. And we always try to have at least a couple of, of topics on slap nuts that are music related. But then we often veer off that path. Um, we do have two that are more music centric. Uh, one of them is our favorite our top five favorite fake band or artist, i.e. somebody that was featured you know, in a movie or a TV show that didn't really exist. It, and interestingly, there are a dozen or more fake artists that had hits. Yeah. Actual real hits somehow. Yeah. Uh, I think the Archies would be an example most everybody would know uh, from way back in the day. So that's one of our topics. Then we have got our top five favorite one hit wonders from my high school years. So that would be 1989 through 1993. That's pretty self-explanatory. And then we have a topic that I chose, and this is a little bit of payback because you may have noticed in a few recent Slap Nuts episodes, LD has made me jump through hoops of naming my five favorite musicals, which is laughable. <laughs> I said, well, how can I get her back a little bit? And how we're going to do it is, with our top 10 all-time favorite sports movies. Now, what we'll do is... Joke's on you. I'm just six, naming... You can... I'm just... Joke's on you. I'm just naming all of the Bring It On series. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. Of which there are many. Bring it on, Barbie. Um, I figure we can kind of skipple through our 10 through 6, and then we can drill down a little bit on our each of our top five. Um, so that is what we're doing. And I'm going to volunteer myself to go last in every category. Oh, wow. There you go. Okay. The, the two of you can decide who goes first with a spirited le- uh, round of leg wrestling. As long as it's spirited, I'm in. Well, two of them are music-based. So which category are we going to play songs in? I say fake uh, bands. I think, I think we should all pick one fake band. and We all get to pick one song from either of the categories you would prefer. I'm going to pick my fake band. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll probably play a one-hit wonder. All right. Then well, I guess I will defer to uh, sports movies. Oh uh, no, I'm saying like uh, uh, I think no. You could all, you could I, do either of the, those two. Will it's oh just, okay, okay okay yeah. I'm just dealer's saying, choice. Dealer's choice. I'm definitely going to be playing something from fake bands because I love that. Gotcha. But uh, do you want to go first or shall I? Well, I think we'll. Well, I think we're going to start with sports movies. Oh okay. Then we'll get to the two Very musical well. categories. Before we do that, real quick, I know both of you are fans of documentaries. Have either of you watched many of the ESPN 30 for 30s? And if you have, do you have a favorite? Yes, I like Going Broke. Okay. Pony Excess. Pony Excess was so bad. <laughs> Crazy. Oh my God, I love that thing so much. Actually, when the president of SMU tells the football coach, look, we're going to have to stop paying players. And he tell, he kind of, he said, well, Okay, we won't pay any more going forward, but you have to understand, we have a payroll that we have to make. The other one that I love is actually going to come up 
in our sports movies, which is called The Price of Gold. Okay. That's my, that's probably one of my favorite ones. And that was from like almost 10 years ago. My favorite favorites are The You about the heyday of the University of Miami. Um, Pony Excess is great. The best that never was about Marcus Dupree is maddening, but also just an incredible piece of storytelling. Did you ever see the two Escobars, Lindley? No. Here's the the thing. I got ESPN on streaming thinking that I would pay. I don't care. I'll pay for good content. So I signed up for ESPN thinking that on the platform, I'd be able to watch 30 for 30s. That's I specifically got ESPN for that. And they did not have them. Oh, that's and I'm like, that's baloney, dude. The whole reason why I wanted this was just so I could see 30 for 30s because I I thought they were really well done, really intriguing. When we were in Los Angeles this summer for Monster Palooza slash Will running a half marathon, they had a 30 for 30 about American Gladiators, Mm -hmm. and it was amazing. It was on all the time, time, so we watched all of the parts. We did very well, but it was it was great love 30 for 30s even if i don't really like sports i like sports stories and there was one where i think it was katarina vitt who had to escape from her country and it was all about her her having to escape in like the middle of the night one of my hmm. all-time biggest crushes katarina did, you, did you see that katarina oh my god oh i was in love with katarina Vitt. did you see that 30 for 30 I don't think I saw the 30 for 30, though. I'll have to go check it out. I mean, she was from the other side of the Berlin Wall. So yeah, she was. That would kind of make sense. June 17th, 1994. That one is interesting because it's one. about O.J. Simpson. It's about O.J. Simpson, but it's, there are no interviews and there's no voiceovers. It is just news clips from that day pieced together. Because it's easy to forget that like, when the White Bronco chase takes place, the NBA Finals were going on. Yeah, it was just like, like this one day where all this stuff was happening. But there were so many other things happening in sports that day. I want to say maybe the NHL playoffs. Wasn't that the one where they said uh, Domino's set a record for like pizza deliveries on that day or something? They actually did. Uh, I think did. so. Yeah. Uh, but I know that the um, Knicks versus Rockets NBA Finals was ongoing. And obviously Major League Baseball would have been. It's just fascinating. But if you ever got to see the one about Oscar Pistorius or... The two Escobars, LD, you would absolutely love them. Actually, I guess the ESPN film Nine for Six, The Diplomat, is not actually a thirty for thirty. Okay. I guess it's, it's just. An, I think it's just an ESPN film. Okay. So, Requiem for the Big East is great. You wouldn't really like that's real sportsy though. You wouldn't care for that one that much. Elway to Marino, I loved. But if you got to see the two Escobars, you would love it because it's barely about sports. There, it's it's about. The assassinations about a year apart of Pablo Escobar and Andres Escobar. Uh, you know, obviously, who Pablo Escobar is. Andres Escobar Correct. was the the captain of Colombia's World Cup team, who very famously scored an own goal that cost them a game and eliminated them from the World Cup. And he, when he got home, was murdered for that. Jesus. But it's it's so it's it's kind of about sports, but not really. Um, it's about the unrest in Colombia and the turmoil in that country. And it's heavily on Pablo Escobar too. So you, you would really like that. So I think they, uh, they I from, what is you, it? Uh, Mark Bowden's book, Killing Pablo, right? Yes. Um, but I figured both with both of you liking documentaries, you've probably seen some of those. So Yeah. Yes. Anyway, as far as our top 10 movies go, LD, why don't you I, go first? I did not pick top 10. I thought we were okay. doing five, five, fives. 
but okay, that's fine. I, <laughs> but I did do one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> okay, you got so close. I, that's a I got, I got, I got my current, my current. It's still an L. Lazy ass, mouth breathing, ridiculous school standards. I think that's a D now. Okay, good. Well, you currently are under a SAG after a strike right now. And so I just want to say that I am, of course, a member of SAG. I have worked in the industry since I was four years old. It is a industry that is very near and dear to my heart. And I am a member in good standing. And I stand with everyone on the picket line. We are talking about this topic because it is my brother's birthday. And I just want to, to say that I fully support the SAG after strike. And, you know, this will be the only time that we talk about film until the strike ends. So the first one I picked is one that I actually saw in the theater. And I remember there were points in it that I laughed really hard, parts that I cried really hard, and me fall in love with Miss Lori Petty and Gina Davis. Hmm. And that is a league of their own. It's great movie. Fabulous yeah. film. And it's one that mom will just turn on and watch. Like, she doesn't watch a lot of movies, but she watches Steel Magnolias. She watches Dirty Dancing. And she will watch A League of Their Own. Anytime they're on, she'll watch them. She'll sit down and she'll actually watch it. Uh, and that is a fantastic film. And I love Tom Hanks, too. But, of course, want to say was one of the first films that really kicked off his you have to watch Tom Hanks pee in every movie he's in kind of a trend because if you'll notice he pees in every one of his movies and it is weird it's a weird thing but I would just tell you John Lovitz is brilliant in that movie oh my god he's oh so, god. Good. I'm go he's so good that's, that's I I'm gonna go home and get a little wife a tickle pickle and <laughs> Well, I only make a hundred a week on the farm. Well, then this would be more, wouldn't it? <laughs> he said, I mean, I, will, I love anything he does. So yeah. So that's that's pretty much my my number one pick for okay. films. I love a League of Their Own. Uh, again, I did make a joke about just naming all of the Bring It On movies, but I will say the first one was a lot of fun. So number two is Bring It On. If you guys haven't seen it, it is about a cheerleading squad, and I want to say it came out in like. 99 maybe but i've watched that movie well over 100 times it's fun it's stupid it's jesse bradford who was part of my sexual awakening uh, and it's just it's great but it shows you the athleticism of cheerleaders and what they actually have to go through to train for these things and it's not just like oh let me do my hair like let me do my nails yeah. like no it's like no actual, no yeah it's actual no, athleticism I and there's actually a difference between sideline cheerleading and competitive cheerleading. Both, you have to be in tremendous shape to do it, but the competitive cheer stuff is no joke. I've no covered wild, cheer man. competitions before, trust me. Oh, the next time you do that, let me go. Okay. I will take photos for you. I've always wanted to go to one, like a dog show. I've How many other sports can you think of that, that require tremendous amount of athleticism and unbelievable amount of teamwork and trust in your teammates for some of the stunts they do but also you're graded on your face yep. are you making the tear face you have to make the tear face and you lose points tear fingers tear yeah you mm -hmm. have to, you consistently have and there's like lines that you can't cross and like it is it's an insane sport and i have to give it up to the people that actually do competitive cheer because holy crap you not only have to be energetic and athletic but you have to have so much trust 
in the people because like the people that are doing like the basket tossing like the flyers holy cow those girls get air they're they, they do but you know that's like when patrick mahomes throws a touchdown pass he can cross his eyes stick his tongue out fart i mean it doesn't matter it's if he throes a touchdown six points yeah <laughs> they're not gonna go like well yeah i mean hit the receiver in the end zone but the face just wasn't we were looking for so uh, <laughs> if that was only gonna be worth five yeah yeah so big up to bring it on because it's one of my my favorites and i think it's spotlighted you know competitive cheer uh, the next one it shouldn't be a shock to anybody because i do love the mighty ducks Emilio Emilio Estevez, Joshua Jackson, your friend Little Pete was in it, Keenan Thompson. There's so many good, like, kid actors that have grown up to have, like, real, really great careers now. But if you guys haven't seen it, Emilio Estevez is a former hockey player, and I want to say he's an attorney. And and he gets into a DUI. He gets caught with DUI. And it's his third strike. And so he's got to serve community service and his community service that he is given because he's got a hockey background is he has to coach this like super crappy team and uh, hilarious antics ensue. It's yes. Great. And I think this, this, I think because every episode needs them, I, I can offer you a fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, the original Mighty Ducks came out in 1992. In 1993, the actual real hockey team, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, was founded. Yep, from and Disney. They, yep, they, are, they are Disney. They were Disney owned. I think. Yep. I don't know if they are now, but Disney it, sold them. Yeah. They, they, no. Yeah, Disney sold them. They were, and mm-hmm. they were. They're still kind of big. <laughs> What's crazy is like they're still an, an NHL hockey team, so, and they yeah. and they yeah. had their own animated series too. Yes, it's amazing did. how the the story though is almost identical to another movie that I'm going to see if we bring up in this conversation. But the setup and the like the way the script plays out is very similar to another big sports movie. We'll see if it comes to fruition. Okay, because okay. I had I had ideas of what you were going to okay. to talk about. The next one that's on my list is. Great one, which is I was just talking about with the price of gold, was I Tanya. It's a good one. That's such a one too. Such a great film. It is such a great. Margot Robbie and Allison Janney are gems. They are. Margot Robbie's not even from our nation, and she's a national treasure because we just got done with Barbie Barbenheimer. But if you guys have not seen I Tanya, of course it is about Tanya Harding, played by Margot Robbie, and her mother and husband and it's Sebastian Stan plays her husband. He's great. Jeff and, he is, and he is great in the role. Alice and Janie plays her mother. It's kooky. It's wacky. But the thing is that at the end of the film, they actually show documentary footage of her mother and it is so hauntingly accurate. That's one of the weirdest things that has happened in sports short of maybe like fan man that whole saga was just so bizarre and so weird. <laughs> what is Fan Man? Fan Man was a guy who he used like a paraglider and a giant fan to fly. And he actually flew into the ring of a big boxing match huh? while it was ongoing and crashed into the ropes. And the crowd flipped out and beat the shit out of him. I think they broke his neck. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, just look up Fan Man. I think he died a few years ago, but he, he did survive that. But yes, he flew into like an outdoor stadium where I can't remember who it was. Do you remember, Will, was it Riddick Bowe and somebody? 
I don't remember. I, I, I can't. I can't remember who the fight fight was. We could look it up. But anyway, yeah, look up Fan Man if you if you have forgotten about him or, or never heard of him. To start with. Okay, and I was actually wrong. I have seven films. So okay, oopsie poopsie. Plus the seventy, you, you passed. Yeah. Yay! So yeah, check out Itania. It's a great film. The next one's Varsity Blues. Yep. I don't feel like I need to tell either one of you guys what that's about, including the fact that Ellie Lardy had. Allie, Lardy ha- Allie Larter has a whipped cream bikini. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. And that lives rent-free in my head. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. move on to Sean Astin in giggity, giggity. Rudy. Nothing Rudy. for Rudy? Nothing for yeah. Rudy? Same way I got nothing for Rudy. Now, okay. one, one year, Georgia Tech played Notre Dame, and one of the best signs anybody's ever held up in a stadium. It wasn't profane. It wasn't demeaning. It was just a Georgia Tech fan holding up a sign that says, Rudy was offside. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and true. Yeah. And true. He and was as a side note, I will say I was going to put radio on my list because he's yep. actually from South Carolina. He is. No kidding. Yes. And it was Cuba Gooding Jr. in that film. I did have radio on my list, actually. Oh, good. Well, you can, I will, I will yield it to well, you, I'll sir. Just, I'll, I had, I had some honorable mentions. I'll mark it off. But yes, Cuba Gooding Jr. was great in that movie uh, based on James Radio Kennedy's actual life. He sadly passed away a few years ago, but yep. I, I got to meet him a couple of times, always on the sidelines at every T.L. Hanna football game. And when they did his funeral procession, they took it through T.L. Hannah's football stadium Aww. so that he yeah. could he could visit there one more time. That's that's very amazing. touching movie. And there were actually people in that movie that I knew. Yeah, <laughs> well, they, they filmed it in Columbia and Charleston, I think. I believe that's right. So they did. They did stay around hometown. Another film. That the, was... But at the very end, when they're, they're showing like some banquet and there's a guy who who introduces Coach Jones mm-hmm. and hands him up like a plaque. The guy who hands him the plaque at the time was the football coach at Union High School, the county. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yep. All right. And then so my 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 final one, uh, I might get some heat for. But here's the thing. I was in it. I, I worked on it in multiple different ways. I was actually the ball girl in this movie. It was filmed in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I got to meet ton of people in the industry it was really cool it was a great experience for someone as you know young as i was and that would be joanna man forgot about that movie <laughs> I, I don't think i ever even saw that one to be honest with you really even though you were in it okay this is That's the kind of movie goldberg that, uh no that was eddie that was eddie i'm sorry okay that was Eddie. It was Miguel Nunez Jr., Vivica Fox, Tommy Davidson, Kevin Pollock, Kim Wayans, Genuine was in it. It would not fly today. I don't think you could have made this movie today. It Like 21 years later, you probably wouldn't get to make it. It is about a basketball player who plays on a men's basketball team, and he gets fined into basically like oblivion where he's not allowed to play men's basketball anymore. And he's like, I'm not allowed to play men's basketball but I could play women, and so he dresses up like a woman and joins the and joins the WNBA. So it's like ah, okay. it's like Tootsie, but with basketball. Yes, but with rebounds. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So, so that that's, good list. That's my list. I tried. I really did try. You ever did good. You actually did really good. I mean, I can actually name other sports films, but those are sports films that I have seen and actually liked. Okay. Because I All right, like, very, like, good, uh, very good list. For uh, me, Jerry. Well, Mag- well, hang on. For me, Jerry Maguire is not a 
football movie. But it's a sports movie. It's a, it's not, uh, no, it's not. It, it's a romance film that happens to have football in it. Kind well, of like, there are a lot like, of... well, like Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, but it has Christmas in it. No, mm -hmm. it's not. And all the people who say it is can go to hell. Bruce Willis said it wasn't. So right. and I, I agree with him. I'm not listening to that man. Yeah, I stand with you, Bruce. All right. So, Will, what you got? All right. What do I got? We're going to start with one that I'm probably going to get some heat for, but I think the true fans will back me up. I'm going to start my list with Necessary Roughness. I okay. love Necessary Roughness. It is. I mean, Scott Bakula? I mean, come on. It's a Sinbad. Sinbad, Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland is the kicker. Yep, yeah, I remember seeing that, and I, obviously Kathy Ireland, uh, yes, of course. But yeah, I remember watching that movie, just thinking it was so much fun. It was so silly, but it's definitely one. It's going to make my list, and as a football pick, going necessary roughness number ten. Number nine is one that LD just hasn't seen, refuses to see. I don't know why. Why Karate Kid? I've never refused to see Karate okay. Kid. I've just said I haven't seen. Okay, also. I, I thought this was a fever dream, and I looked it up, but apparently it's a real film. It's called Backfield in Motion with Tom Arnold and Johnny yep. Galecki. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. I was like, I remember this movie. Why do I remember this? Is this know, a real a, thing? Yes. There was a stretch during the 90s when Tom Arnold was hot. He was doing, like, everything. But Conchetta Farrell is also in it. You know I love her. Oh, I love her. Yeah, love she's her. so funny. And she didn't she pass? She just passed she recently. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we'll have to sit down and have a night where we do watch The Karate Kid. I'm, I'm putting that I, on there. I'm not... I'm not, I'm not opposed to watching a Hillary Swank film. Stop it! Don't don't do that! Don't do that! Because then we can bridge we can bridge from that into Cobra Kai. So it'll be fantastic. Oh, so you're uh, saying it's I, a gateway movie? It's a it is a gateway movie. Absolutely. Fine. All right. Yes. Hey guys, I hate to interrupt, but we do need to take a short sponsor break, and we're back. We're back for more birthday slap nuts good time hour. Next one is one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen that I don't want to watch again because it's so difficult. And that's Million Dollar Baby. Yep. Uh, yeah, you, you had to tell me how that ended and I don't Oof. want to ever see it. I'm good. It's it's one of those movies where nothing gets better. Like it starts on the high point and just degrades and it's just absolutely painful to watch. And I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's directed by Clint Eastwood and obviously he stars in the film. Directorially, it's beautiful. It's just an amazingly shot film. The boxing scenes are downright but brutal. But see, you just said um, you just said I couldn't watch a Hillary Swank movie. Right, right. But what you mentioned was was not. No, we're not doing. <laughs> but this is a Hillary <laughs> Swank movie that you can watch. Fair. Uh, yeah, Million Dollar Baby is just fantastic. I had two hockey films on here, and uh, I figured LD you would take one of them. So I'm actually going to go with Miracle. Uh, fair. I haven't seen Miracle. I know the story of Miracle, but the thing is. People think that that was like the final game. It was not nope. the gold. That was not the gold medal. Nope. nope it was not the. That was fin not the gold medal game. U.S. lost to Finland, I believe, right or Norway? Or Norway, I think. I think. So. There's one of them. But yeah, no. But like people think, like, oh, that's the, the pinnacle. They won the gold, but they they didn't. They didn't. But it's it's a fun movie. Kurt Russell gives a great performance, and the hockey scenes are filmed so well. Just the way it's shot is really intense. It's like ice level. You feel the bodies run into each other. It's really well done, and it's great as a period piece, because 1970s, I believe? Uh, it was 1980. 1980? Okay, so right on the cusp yeah. of yeah, the new decade. And also, there's a bunch of clips online of this little kid going around doing the inspirational speech from Kurt Russell, and he's dressed up like him, and it's just one of the funniest things you'll ever see. So you can look that up as well. But yeah, Miracle's going to make it on there for a hockey pick. And then I had to come back. I know I put Necessary Roughness on there. It's a little goofy. It's a little fun, but I can't put this list together without putting on The Longest Yard. I just can't do it. Yep, that that was on my list too, for sure. Yeah. And we're talking about the, the original, original, the original yeah. by the way. The Burt Reynolds one, yep. 
just I think a classic in every right. Next, go with one of the funniest films ever put well, uh, on well, film. Well, hold on, hold on one second. Can I make a confession? Sure. Uh-oh. I've only seen one Burt Reynolds, two Burt Reynolds films. Boogie Nights. Really? Boogie Nights and Best Little Whorehouse. You've never you seen Smokey and the Bandit? Never seen Smokey and the Bandit. Wait, which ones did you say you've seen? I've seen Boogie Nights and The Best Little Whorehouse. Wait, okay, so you never saw Deliverance? No. Holy Are no. you serious? Never so you've saw... never seen Stroke Race, Cannonball Run? <laughs> nope. You've never seen Deliverance? Nope. Smoking the Bandit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Will, you've just... got some work to do, buddy. Clearly. No, I've, I've failed. Yeah, sorry. It was awesome. Sorry. I mean, the, he he was great. Like, Bert was great. Uh, yes, he was great. So you should have seen more than two. I've seen more than two of his movies. How is that possible? I, I don't know. <laughs> He's just a blind spot in my cinematic experience. Unfortunate. Highly unfortunate. Next one is just a fantastic collision of comedy, Caddyshack. Uh, that was on my list, too. Yeah, it's, yeah it's I, for sure. I have yeah. seen it. I really liked it, but I've only seen it once. And I felt like probably you want to guess. And, From out and, of nowhere. And the other one, there's another one that I figured probably TJ would take. So I did want to put it on my list, especially if I was going first. So I just didn't pick it. So technically I picked eight. What? Okay. What an, well, what an eminently quotable movie. Oh, it's it's yeah, mm. perfect in that department. Just for starters. That's worst looking head I ever saw. Looks good on you though. <laughs> There's so and there's so many throwaway lines too that are just fantastic. So I got just, that going for myself. So I got that going for myself. He said, "No, no, there will be no money, but when you die, you will receive total enlightenment." So I got that going for me, which is nice. So funny. And one of the best performances by Chevy Chase, I think, ever. The llama. Now, see, can I go precog on one of yours, Will? See if you got it. Sure. On there? Hit or the llama. Um, did you choose either Kingpin or Big Lebowski? I scratched them. They were on my reserve list. I could have picked Big Lebowski. Dang could have it. picked Big Lebowski. I thought someone else was going to pick it. That's why I didn't do I it. I didn't pick it because I thought you were going to pick it. I was trying to be I nice. I left it off because I thought you would pick it. <laughs> it's like a weird gift of the Magi. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I had them both as scratch picks. I do love both movies for different reasons. But no, good, good precog though, LD, because technically you'd be right. Perfect. All right. Now we're getting to the heavy hitters. No pun intended because I got a series of baseball films here. I'm going with uh, Sentiment first, and that's Field of Dreams. That's just a great movie. Uh, also period. on my list, and yeah. and if if you as a as a as a gentleman don't feel a tug at your heartstrings when Kevin Costner says, "Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch?" Then you, then don't listen to our show anymore. We don't want your listenership. I'm yes, sorry. I don't want your blood money. You suck, and you have no soul. And the father again portrayed by the great late Ray Liotta. Yeah, I mean, mm. tragic. But I mean, look at those performances. Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones. My God, it's just like, it's, it's a fantastic movie I had, in all regards. Sports I had, movie um, notwithstanding. Yes, I had three. Um, I have three Kevin Costner movies in my top seven. <laughs> oh, I think I know what some of them are, but we'll get to yeah. that. <laughs> um, so Field of Dreams, definitely coming into the top three here. I put Moneyball. Yep. Okay. I, know, I remember you watch it, like you sitting down and watching it and really enjoying it. Yes, it's like, yeah, the book is better, blah, 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 blah. But the movie's really well executed. And I think for Brad Pitt, it was a very interesting sort of character, you know, departure for him. The way he plays Billy Bean, I think, is really fascinating. And does a great job with kind of the the war room scenes when they're doing the trades. It's just like, I feel like that's what baseball really is. And it's like a side of it that nobody sees. I thought it was brilliant. So Moneyball, good job there. And it was directed by, was it Steven Soderbergh, I think? That sounds right. But again, someone like that. If only we had all the knowledge of humankind yeah. in our hands to answer these these pressing questions. If only. 
Bennett Miller directed Moneyball. I'm sorry? Bennett Miller directed Moneyball. That was going to be my second guess. So Okay. <laughs> also, Jonah Hill's in it too. He does a great job. So fantastic movie. I haven't seen it. But I am going to put TJ, which I think you might agree, is the greatest baseball movie of all time at number two, Major League. Uh, I had that as number two on my list. Not. <laughs> and I have quick funny story. Quick funny story. Funny story. Real funny, real thing that happened. Obviously, if you've seen the movie, it's one of the most eminently quotable movies ever. And one of my favorite sports movies ever. But many times, Will, I have played golf and I'm having a rough day and I'm putting them in the woods in the water more than I am on the grass. And I'll look at my driver and say, I come to you. I stick up for you. If you know, help me now, Joe Boo. I say, if you, I do it myself. It's one of the greatest scenes ever. (laughs) Oh, Charlie Um, Sheen, man. but But the actual funny story is, um, obviously, there's a, a shortstop in the movie named Roger Dorn who half-asses it because he's going to be a free agent and he's got plans for after baseball to act and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and there's a point in practice when he is just whiffing. He's not putting forth any effort, not diving for for balls. And um, the, the manager says, the manager says, yeah, okay, Dorn, I've had about enough of this Olay bullshit. So... 2000, uh, it's probably been 15, 20 years ago now, but I was at a an American Legion baseball playoff game. Chester was playing Greenwood. Greenwood had a shortstop named Roger Dorn. Oh, I, 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 completely serious. And in, you know, when they're taking infield, one gets by him and everybody on the diamond says, that's enough of that Olay bullshit, <laughs> Love it. Fantastic. True story. That movie is transcendent. It is fantastic, Major League. And again, my number one, some people may call it cliche. I call it the greatest sports movie of all time. If you don't agree with me, you're just straight up wrong. And that's the original Rocky. It is. Yeah, I was going to put it on my list, but I even posted about this. You've watched it? The movie for me is mid. And I think it's just because I don't... Oh, God, I'm going to get so much hate mail. I don't really like Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. So how do we... Well, how do we launch a coup d'etat and we take over the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's about so time. that we can excommunicate her. The people are speaking. Yes, <laughs> I, spoken. I'm sorry, uh, you can't. I, I am. A I woman. love the movie. I will tell you this though. I love. I love the movie. I don't love the ending. In fact, I hate it. The end. End. See, yeah, the thing is, the fair. The ending isn't what gets me. What got me, and this is one of those movies. I think LD, you've seen this one other time where I was watching the movie, and like again, I just started weeping for what I can call no reason. The scene where he's sitting in bed with Adrian, and the look comes over his face. He just goes, "I can't win." I just oh, like. Yeah. I like it the just story gives about me chills. Oh. The, the thing that I like about Rocky is the story about the dog, and that's the best part of the movie for me. Yeah, I mean, the story of how it got made is like its own sports movie almost. Sure. Yeah, um, but, but that he, he scene, gave up, oh. he sold his dog, and then he bought the dog back, which is so, yep. like, it's like desperate time. Like, that that touches me more than the the movie itself, was how much he loved the I, dog. I love I love the movie, and it's great. I just don't, the very, very, the absolute ending, I just don't like it. Where he comes out to the crowd. Mm. When you hear, in the, yeah, when Adrian runs up in the ring and you hear faintly in the background that he's lost by a split decision i just yeah. <laughs> Meh. I I, okay the, again the payoff is the realization that he can't win he makes the decision to go for it anyway i think that's the entire theme of the movie can so. i actually just say uh, that i i like that he loses and i know it's going to sound stupid when i say this 
but most of you guys that you're musical, you've probably heard of the, the TV show Glee. And Ryan Murphy talked about the decision to make the, the new directions, the, the Glee club that it focuses around. They go to regionals and they lose in the first season. And I liked what he said was he said that if they had won in the first season, there'd be no reason to have a second because they wouldn't work as hard. And so we got like nine Rocky sequels and spinoffs yeah. and everything. So I think that if he had won in the first one and they buttoned it up, there wouldn't have been a need for any other Rocky film. No, no, but I just didn't like the way they presented that. I was I was fine with him losing because yes, it, it set up Rocky Two where he where he does win the title, but it just the, the very ending, just the way they put together, I just didn't like it. That's fair. I, don't know, I think the message still rings clear. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, another good list. Yeah, nicely done, hon. So the song I'm going to show you is, of course, from my number one pick. It is the greatest sports movie of all time. It is the most inspirational sports theme of all time. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you the Gonna Fly Now by the great Bill Conti from the film Rocky. T, 
Birthday okay. boys. All right, y'all picked off enough of mine. I have like way more than I was supposed to. I think y'all picked off enough of mine that I think I've got 10, <laughs> maybe 11. <laughs> I'm kind of proud of myself uh, then. Okay, so I'll go through mine kind of quick. Remember the replacements. That was yes. also on my scratch list. Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah, with Keanu Reeves yep. playing uh, quarterback Eddie Falco. I mean, that's one of Will's favorite sexy uh, hey, people. Hey, can I get a – I didn't put this on my list, but can I get a rolling? Would Point Break be considered a sports movie? Is there enough surfing in it to count? I'm going to say no. It's more of I'm a gonna heist I'm going to say movie. no, yeah. but I just, that just popped in my head when we mentioned Counter Ridge. So. Um, the next one for me is, you know, when I was growing up, it was widely understood that there were two films that was okay for a man to get a little teary-eyed as he watched. One of them was Old Yeller, and the other was Brian's Song. Mm, yeah. They made us watch Brian's song in like the sixth grade. Oh God, it's gutting. <laughs> they made us watch they made us watch Brian's song and they also made us watch the Karen Carpenter story. Yeah. So our, our public school system probably a little bit different than most other school systems. Than most of them, yes. Um <laughs> uh, obviously based on the, the life story of Brian Piccolo and it sort of detailed his friendship with uh the Gale Sayers. I believe so. Gale yeah. Sayers. Yeah. So yeah, it was that was it, it's gutting. Just that that's yeah, it, it's rough a, movie. It's a really rough movie. Um. So anyway, that was that's definitely one for me. And again, that's it was just kind of I don't know why, but it was okay to cry at that one in Old Yeller. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I don't cry a lot in real life. I don't think. Would you agree with that, hun? That I don't really cry you, a lot. You cry mostly in movies and theater. Yes. Yeah. Theater, theater, a lot. We like, can't go to a show without you. I mean, <laughs> it's I, a Legally Blonde and you cried. Oh, because it was really sweet at the end. Because he, you okay. You cried I, at Legally Blonde, really? Oh, this was a thing, yeah. Because at the very end, there's an engagement and it's so pretty and it's so sweet. Okay. Yes, I will go, I will cry at most musicals at some point, whether it's it be true. from sadness or joy. Like, Legally Blonde was crying for joy, but like, Rent gets ugly crying for sad. And, and the Trubies from laughing. The Trubies, I laughed so hard that I openly weeped. And I'm, because I was just howling. But yeah, I will mainly cry at movies and musicals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, oh, yeah. I forgot what we were okay. talking about. We're talking <laughs> about the, my sports movies list. Up next, <laughs> for one... Thanks for tapping based, me in. Pretty much based on one line alone, Happy Gilmore. Because the, the price is, is wrong. is wrong, bitch. <laughs> yep. It's a good yep. movie. And uh, I actually kind of put that side by side with another Adam Sandler sports movie, The Wah Wah Water Boy. <laughs> the Water Boy is great, and I love Feruza Balk. I love Feruza um, Balk. She's great. Um, but the, what a great cast. You got Jerry Reed... You got Henry Winkler, Kathy Bates is in I am, it. I'm yeah. not going to be okay when Henry Winkler goes. I, I just won't. I'm not going to be okay when he goes. Although he has been rather discourteous to me lately, I would say my favorite athlete is Captain Insano. <laughs> uh, I know this, this, this movie's gotten a little controversial now because of allegations and lawsuits, but I still like The Blind Side, and I did put it on my list. Um, mm -hmm. How about... This is one very few people would remember. Did anybody else see Everybody's All-American? No. That's a negative ghost. Dennis Quaid and John Goodman. It really explores a darker side of things where Dennis Quaid is this you know All-American running back and he goes in the NFL and then he retires and his life is just broken because his entire existence is tied to being a football player and he's not one anymore. 
And then his brother pokes his wife. Anyway, very, very rather dark film. I had the longest yard. We already mentioned that one. I went with a Rocky movie too, Will, but I put Rocky three on there. Thunderlips? Yup. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. Because like four gets to the point where it's like over the top. It's still fun. But yeah. uh, over the top, see what I did there? Huh. Hey, hey, hands on a cliffhanger. Uh, Didn't even think of that. You you mean the movie where they're arm wrestling? Yes. <laughs> that was, that uh, was great. Uh, with a theme provided by Sammy Hagar. Damn right. Wow. But yeah, three is like about where they, they stop becoming, like it's the last one before they steer into just being kind of crazy. Because part four is when you get into him fighting the Russian, right? And Yeah, it's, that's Ivan Drago, yeah. yeah. But my favorite line from part three What's your prediction for the fight? Pain. <laughs> Mr. T. Then I had Phil the Dragon Jack, which you mentioned. Number five, I went with another football movie, Friday Night Lights. Oh, good choice. Based on a book that was written about Permian High School in Texas. I think their 1988 season as they made a run to the state championship game. Really, really good movie. Billy Bob Thornton's in it. Uh, Tim McGraw's in it, and it's really good, actually, I would say. Uh, but the tale of booby miles and that the the uh the permian team that uh, got to state but did not win it number four for me you've talked about joanna man being something that could never be made now ld well i present to you the original bad news bears if you don't know why it can't be made then you've never watched the original bad news you bears. made me you made me because there's just stuff said that you can't say anymore but yeah it's a very at its heart it actually is a very endearing movie and a and a great underdog it's not um, story it's and walter oh mathow's awesome that's who walter it is Mathau's great like i can see it, his bulldog face yeah but i can't and, remember and his that's name. the tie-in the the script for mighty ducks is a riff on bad news bears i mean think about it yep yeah. i can totally say that yeah number three for me i thought maybe this would come up on your list will i, I don't know if we've ever discussed it i assume you've seen it and, and probably like it because you seem like a decent human being that would be pin cup I've actually never seen it. Oh, oh, gosh, you should see that one. I have not seen that. Uh, another Kevin Costner movie. Um, he's he's a club golf pro, kind of down and out. He was a phenom in high school and college, but he could never, he always went for it. He would never lay up. He was about to qualify for the U.S. Open, and then he had like a 12 on the 18th hole. But it's a terrific movie. Cheech Marin's in it. Rene Russo is in it and is fantastic. I, if you've never seen it, definitely check out Ten Cup. I had Major League at number two. Another movie that features Rene Russo, by the way. So I had her in two. And number one for me, by a long way, the greatest sports movie ever, Bull Durham. Another Costner flick. Yeah. That movie's perfect. I love I love that movie so much. He's He plays Crash Davis, a guy who spent, <laughs> I think, 10 days in the show, but career minor leaguer, who's kind of signed to Durham Bulls to sort of shepherd along this bonus baby named Nuke Lelouch. And then you have baseball Annie comes into play, played by Susan Sarandon. It's just, it's a fabulous movie in every respect. I love the name Crash Davis too. Crash Davis. Perfect name for a catcher. So anyway, so that was my list. We can move on now to our favorite fake bands or artists. And I don't know what made me think of this, but this is a topic that's been our, on our to-do list for a while. And because LD is going to play a song from this one, I'll actually go first. By the way, I wrote um, like a book report on every one of these artists, so <laughs> prep for that. Okay. Well, I, I did not, thankfully. 
I will throw in one uh, honorable mention because I don't think either of y'all picked this. It's actually a tie because it's two very similar fake bands from two very similar movies that came out in the same year. Mm -hmm. That would be NWH and CB4. I knew you were going to take CB4. LD said CB4, yeah. Did you? Okay. So if you didn't see it, CB4 was kind of a mockumentary on a rock band. It was kind of like a rap spinal tap. Chris Rock was in it, but it featured CB4 did MC Gusto, Dead Mike, and Stab Master Arson. <laughs> they were the three artists that comprised CB4. And I actually pulled up a clip today. At a certain point, the band breaks up and two of them are pursuing solo projects. And one of them has become a, become very militant. And he does a music video and it's just him holding up the Black Power Fist. And the whole song is just him going, I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. I'm blacker than black. I'm black, y'all. I'm blackity, blackity, black, black, black. <laughs> It's so freaking funny. It is great. Tremendously funny movie. And then NWA was featured in another rap mockumentary. came out in 1993, same year, called Fear of a Black Hat. And it's brilliant. It's incredibly funny. The members of NWH were, I think, Ice Cold, Tasty Taste, and Tone Deaf. And they had such hit songs as Kill Whitey and Granny Said, Kick Your Ass. I didn't nice. say it to this day. That is one of the funniest movies you've ever seen. Which one? Fear of a Black Hat. I love Fear of a Black Hat. It's hysterical. I gave you, you that DVD for uh, Christmas. I actually own that DVD, believe it or not. I gave it to you for Christmas. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, you gave I thought you said I'm going to give it to you for Christmas. No, I, I gave it movie somehow. No, I, I gave it to you for Christmas because I knew how much you liked okay. it. And I asked you if you had owned it and you said no. So I gave it to you for Christmas. Like awesome. Okay. Well, I knew I had it somehow. So yes. ten years well, thank ago, you. It's, it's it's a it's a brilliant and incredibly fun. one of my yes, it is. It's one of my favorite comedies ever. On par in terms of comedy mockumentaries with with Spinal Tap. I like it that much. I really do. Number five for me. I'm just going to say that you probably know him as Joe the Policeman from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama, ladies and gentlemen, Mister Randy Watt. Randy Watson. And his band, Texas Chocolate. By the way, I do have a side note on that. Okay. We were walking the dog at like 10 o'clock at night, like just before we go to bed. And we were talking about this episode and somehow that came up. And I'm standing in the middle of the street in Georgia in my pajamas with a Pomeranian just going, sexual chocolate, sexual <laughs> chocolate, in the middle of the street. So great. Our neighbors must think we're insane. We're lunatics. He's good, are... now. He's good. Yeah, good uh, and terrible. Uh, <laughs> that boy good. Uh, I believe it's future. Okay, He's but I ask, you, I ask you to stop Let's saying lead the way. because you are terrible. You are the Who's worst. Who's the mother beauty that puts That's one of the best movies. I, of coming to America and that scene is just breaks me up. That's one of those scenes that like I've literally seen it 500 times and I'm still going to laugh at it when it comes on. It gets me every single time. Number four for me on the fake band list is going to be Crucial Taunt. I had a feeling you were going to take the, that's why I had them on my scratch list. Mm. Crucial Taunt, because I'm just going to tell you. Because you have, that like, you're, you're a massive Wayne's World fan. Love, I love Wayne's World. I still have a Wayne's World hat. I still have Wayne's World t-shirts. Um, I watched I watched Wayne's World not not too terribly long ago, and it's it's funny how much of it still holds up actually, and it's still funny because some of it you'd be like, oh, it's probably of that time, and it's it's like no, it's a lot of it's just 
just funny. He blows goats. I have proof. It's funny. It's always funny. So somebody posted the, you're not actually a rock fan if you can't name this band. And it was Tia Carrera and her band in the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Like, that's great. And of course, uh, in the movie, you see them play Ballroom Blitz. You see them play Fire. And then she had a ballad called Why You Want to Break My Heart. But yes, that was the moment that about a million 16-year-olds looked up at the screen and said, holy shit, who is that? Pretty much, yeah. Yep. When Tia Carrera came on the screen, yes. And I was one of them, for sure. Nice. Number three for me, it's a band that is made up of William S. Preston Esquire and <laughs> Theodore Logan. Ladies Aww. and gentlemen, their music brings the world into perfect harmony, it aligns the planets, and it's excellent for dancing wild stallions. Sorry, let's not forget Will. Rufus. I'm sorry, and Will. Rufus. I'm sorry, Will. I mean, when, when Death happen. plays bass for you, when you're able to recruit Death to play bass in your band, I, I think that, that speaks to who you are. Of course, featured in the Bill and Ted franchise. Yep. Number two for me, it's Pip, Rex, and Chaz, the boys <laughs> from The Lone Rangers. Yep. Oh, see, From the movie Airheads. How much of your list is just getting eaten up, Will? I did a top 10 knowing this would happen, but I'm still, <laughs> I may be down to just five at this point. I, you know what? Mine mine are so like either me obvious or niche that I didn't I think any of mine. I know, I know. I, I think mine were okay. Now my number one picked off your number one, and I think y'all know who number one is. But yeah, Airheads is kind of, I guess you'd consider it a cult classic, but it's, Really funny movie about a band called the Lone Rangers. And yes, the uh, grammatical imperfection of their name is noted multiple times over the course of the movie, including by Kurt Loder, who has a cameo in the movie. Um, and he's like, wait a minute. You can't be the Lone Rangers. Lone, lone indicates one. <laughs> um, so good. But they take over a radio station to, to make them you know, play their song. And hijinks ensue, we'll just say. But again, great cast with Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler. Uh, Lemmy's in it. Stuttering John has a, a cameo. Uh, Michael Richards is in there. It's just it's really, really funny movie. Chris Farley play, plays a police officer and, and very quotable. The number of times I've looked at somebody and said, I'm going to stab your head off. And they go, oh, yeah, with what? What? <laughs> I think he's laughing so hard that he actually blew his audio out. <laughs> I know you guys think I'm a dick cheese burger or whatever, but yeah, just so many great lines from that one. It's a favorite. And of course, if you know me, you already know who was going to be number one. They were fired as the house band at Martha's, even though they played there for free. They were run out of the Strickland Propane Family Fun Day. I present to you Elvin Michelson. Elroy Lucky Kleinschmidt and John Redcorn. The cake don't sell out, man. Big mountain of fudge cake. Wow. Yeah, of course. That is not what I thought. I, 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 I was expecting I, something else. I was expecting something else as well. Well, I I do have a scratch list, and if you y'all don't pick them off, I'll I'll read them when y'all are done. But okay, that, that's my list. Because there's one it. we were sure you were gonna. Yeah, pick. we it's we did there. we didn't pick yeah. it because we thought you were gonna pick it. It's a gift to the Magi again. Well. Maybe it's on my scratch list, though, so okay. we'll see. Okay, okay. Could be. All right, Will, you want to go next? Sure, I'll bat that up here. All right, 
I'm surprised that I have one on my list, TJ, that I was pretty sure you were going to take. Again, my top 10 has been whittled to about a top five at this point, mm-hmm. but let's have some fun. So I'll start with the one that TJ, I was sure you were going to take this, and that was Citizen Dick. So my scratch list. Yep. <laughs> I was sure you were going to take Citizen Dick with their, singles. With their with their hit song, Touch Me. Touch I'm me. <laughs> oh, God. That, that is a highly and it's, overlooked movie. It's, it's, a, it's a really good movie, and it's Citizen Dick is basically... Pearl Jam with Matt Dillon. Pretty much, yeah. You just swap him out, yep. And we mentioned that film in our series about Lane Staley. So yes, we did. And, and wasn't, uh, it's been a while since I've seen singles. Wasn't Bridget Fonda's in that, right? Yes, yeah, she is. Oh, she's so cute in that movie. It's a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah. Very 90s. Ultra, but yeah, Ultra. Citizen Dick. Citizen Managed Dick. Stay safe. As did this one, which TJ, I'm a little surprised you didn't pick off either. I'm going with The Pinheads from Back to the Future. Oh, wow. Very good. I... You know what? I've got something related, but it, I'll, I'll, I'll hold it. Okay, so I got those two. Now I'm into territory that I fear LD might be trotting on, so I'll be very careful here. Uh, I really believe this is probably one of the greatest fictional bands ever created, and that's Stillwater from Almost Famous. I mean, we we, I, we had to do yeah. the, the... I knew one of you rock, would take that. We had to do rock, paper, scissors for it, but not great rock, paper, scissors, because I always choose scissors. So he, if you just choose rock, you'll always win. But man, Jason Lee that in, in that movie is, <laughs> I am a golden god. It's just so, so good. Oh, that Billy, Billy Crudup is the lead singer, but isn't Jason Lee in it? And you know, I yeah. hate Billy Crudup. He's a fantastic actor. He's a great actor, bit. horrible human. Yeah. But God, that, that movie, that band, the fever dog. I mean, you think it's a real band. You really do. Fair. And aren't they managed by Mark Maron in the movie? Uh, I want to he's say yes, but he's not in the plane. No, he's not in the plane, but he's in the movie. Yes. But like that's the that's the scene I always go to. That and the tiny dancer scene. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. So many great scenes. So here we go. Moving on to my number two. Again, LD, you saw this one coming a mile away. One of my favorite all-time films by Edgar Wright, and that is Sex Bob-omb from yes. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes. And I thought I knew you'd probably go for Sex Bobomb, but I also thought that you would probably go for Brie Larson in Clash of Demon Head because uh, that's actually a better song that they do. Uh, yeah, but it's Sex Bobomb. They have a girl drummer. But it, they all have a girl drummer. Yeah, that's that's the greatest running joke in that movie. Yeah, they keep saying, they got a girl drummer and all the drummers are female in the film. So Guess who's drunk? Now. Yeah, Wallace. <laughs> if you haven't seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, you are really missing it's out. It's such an underrated film. And, and I love Edgar Wright as a director. He's one of my favorite directors. Like his editing style is Bos Lerman-esque and I love him. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it's got like so many superheroes in that movie. It's the most Marvel like, movie that's not a Marvel movie. Yeah, because it's got, well, it's also got DC characters too because Brandon Roth is in it. It does. And he was Superman. Yes, he was. So, that. There is something for everybody in that film, I will tell there you. There is, yep. And my number one, folks. Now, you may sit there, like me, and you watch The Lost Boys from 1987, and you think, that guy without a shirt playing the saxophone, <laughs> he knows something about life that I don't. God. He sees farther than I do. And you're saying, no, Will, no, Will, you can't. That's a cameo. To that, I say, wrong, sir. Wrong. <laughs> He's you done research. And watched that movie as many times as I have, nor have you explored the graphic novel that accompanies oh, the God. film, which follows the Frog Brothers, uh. which are named Edgar and Alan, by the way, for those of you not there. And in that, the... <laughs> 
in God. that comic book, it does say that the character playing the saxophone is actually a hunter who counsels the Frog Brothers. He is there to obviously address the vampire crisis occurring in Santa Carla. It is therefore not a cameo. It is a fictional character playing one of the most memorable songs of all time. I give you the Beach Party stars credited Tim Capello. Oh, God. I yield my time. Oh. I should have known that somehow Tim Capello was going to play a major <laughs> role in this episode. How could he I not? To, I need to isolate my brother just saying that, and that will be our intro from now on. Yes, <laughs> it's up there with Manfred Man's Earth. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Tom McGuinness, and that was your federally mandated Manfred Man reference of the podcast. I hope you are satisfied. All right. Am I up? Am I doing this? I said I yield my time. So All right. Yes. Uh, is it is it me? Is it me? It's my turn. Okay. I don't I don't they're all number ones to me because legitimately I could I could, okay. But the song I first band that I picked for number one is not gonna be the song I play, but I there will be explaining. Dewey Cox from yes. Walk Hard. That was Dewey was on my scratch list. Yes. It's great. Dewey Cox from Walk Hard. If you guys haven't seen it, it's John C. Riley as Dewey Cox, and he's kind of like a Johnny Cash-esque kind of character. So it was supposed to be, the, the movie's called Walk Hard, so it's supposed to be like a parody of Walk the Line, but he, he's actually got a lot of songs, like Beautiful Ride, which is really pretty. And I was actually in that movie, uh, as a smoking teenager, <laughs> they booked me uh, to to sit on the back of a pickup truck and smoke cigarettes because that kind of music makes kids smoke and drink and have sex. And so they had they shot a scene where like they had a bunch of girls sitting in the back of a pickup truck just smoking cigarettes, and then a couple like couple making out and a bunch of kids drinking, and it was hilarious. It was a really fun night to shoot. Um, and that that movie's brilliant. It that's so such a well done sort of send up, but it's not really a mockumentary. It's it's more of a spoof. You're right of like yeah. walk the line type biopics. Yeah, and, and the song, the Dylan inspired song he does is just it is so off the chain whack. It is crazy. It's I love that thing. So funny. Such a good film. Mailboxes drip like lampposts in the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. <laughs> All right. Uh, then, of course, I have to. We talked about this during our Adam Schlesinger series, The Wonders from That Thing You Do. The Wonders. 1996 American comedy starring and directing Tom Hanks in his directorial debut. So the second time Tom Hanks has appeared on a list of mine. Uh, it's the story of the rise and fall of a fictional band. And that's Tom Everett Scott, Liv Tyler, Steve Zahn, Ethan Embry. Charlie's there on and Jonathan and I can't say his last name. It's like Sashi. I'm gonna get eaten for that. I'm sorry. The thing is, Adam Schlesinger was asked to write basically a one-hit wonder song, and he did it. And it's amazing. He was given <laughs> the task of write a song that could be a hit and yet fall off, and he nailed it. He nailed it. And I will tell you, the first time I heard that song was on the radio. I had not yet seen the film. And I'm like, this is amazing. So he did a great job. The thing is, the uh, the the whole movie has a bunch of other acts that are under the Playtone record label. So you have like the the Oneaters, the Wonders, the Norm Wooster Singers, the Chantrellines, 
Freddie Fredrickson, the Herdsman, like, and they're all great. And of course, Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. My personal um, favorite. So if you get the the soundtrack, it is awesome because it's great 1960s throwback music. It's just, it's awesome. It's so good. And the fun fact. Fun fact. The fun fact. There are at least two real groups named the Wonders. They were named the Wonders and they were okay. in the 1960s. One was a soul group that had a record called Please Don't Cry. Uh, and then it was, it had moderate sales potential, apparently, according to Billboard. Uh, and then the other one had a regional hit record called Say There. And that was in 1963. And that was a mixed race doo-wop group from New York City. They also recorded as The Satan's Four. <laughs> there you so, go. There you go. So there were two other one-hit wonders. Ah, so there's three of them. But anyway, I love that film. The acting is phenomenal. I, of course, there are two Ethan Embry movies on my list. Because the next one I'm going to talk about <laughs> is one of my favorite films of all time. One of the best films that came out of the 90s. Period. Point blank. You cannot argue with me. Empire Records. About a record store. Uh, it is. Record store. Brink of Closing has already arranged for a signing party for this this guy named rex manning who is this really uh washed up has been like late 70s early 80s pop star he's like super skeevy and if you guys don't know rex manning actually has a day there is a rex manning day and it's april 8th and the interesting thing about rex manning day was the day that we lost one of the biggest influences on the decade, which is Nirvana. Mm. So Kurt Cobain, uh, his death day. Is Rex Manning day? Yes. Oh, wow. So on April 8th, 1994, the lead singer and guitarist of the band, you know, Kurt Cobain, the band Nirvana, was found, passed away in his home. So they actually chose April 8th as Rex Manning day. So if you ever forget if it's Rex Manning day, just remember Cobain. Ethan Embry actually, like, tweeted about it who said the day that we lost our musical mascot so i think that was really cool of them to choose rex manning day to be the day to honor kurt cobain and also if you guys don't know this gin blossoms till i hear it from you was featured in that film and it actually kind of gave them their start the cast is stellar it's got one of the most stat casts in my opinion maxwell caulfield so hot um it's got Liv like, Tyler, oh, so hot. Yeah, and then Ethan Embry. I just oh, he was such a cutie patootie in that movie. Love him. He plays Mark, um, Lucas. Everybody was great. Brandon Sexton the third. Every cast member is perfect. They were the perfect person for that role. You cannot recast that movie. You cannot remake that movie. But they were slated to have a musical based on Empire Records that was supposed to premiere in 2020. And we didn't get. I it. remember you discussing that in a previous episode. Yes, that it got something. I don't know if was it COVID that held it up or something. I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's in it's in development hell now. But God, I I will go to New York to see that musical, and I will write a thirty page review of said musical. I love that movie so much. The next one I chose was the band called Low Shoulder. <laughs> it is a great a, movie. It is a great film. Uh, it was poorly marketed. I will say the marketing 
screwed that film over so hard because they marketed it to basically horny teenage boys and that's not who the movie was for it's called jennifer's body and it was written by diablo cody who was coming off her win for juno um it as a as a former horny teenage boy i can certainly understand why it would appeal to them yeah but that was not the whole point like if you no no it wasn't the whole point but if that's the if you can sell that one scene to 17 year old guys they're probably going to watch the movie or just that one scene uh over and over but it was a flop because it was yeah. marketed incorrectly. And so like there, I think there was like a good first weekend and then it fell off because word of mouth was like, oh, that movie sucked. But no, like I loved it. The first time I saw it, I absolutely loved it. I love horror films. I will say Megan Fox was incredible in it. So was Amanda Seyfried, so good. And actually also stars as her boyfriend Chip was the same kid who played young Neil in Scott Pilgrim. Yes, it was. Yeah, so tie in there. The band Low Shoulder is fronted by Nikolai Wolf, who is played by Adam Brody, who is, I feel like he's a scream queen. Like he's been in enough horror films where I, I feel like we need maybe like a scream king. I feel like that needs to be a thing. What did we just see with him? Something. Adam Brody? Yeah, he was in something we recently saw. He was in Ready or Not. That was it. As the brother. Uh, but he was also in Scream 4. And he is in, he's in a bunch of horror films. But uh, Low Shoulder is the band that they go to see in the bar. Is the inciting incident for the entire film. So I don't want to spoil it, but they play a song throughout the uh, movie. You will hear the song in its entirety the first time you see the band. And then it will keep coming up time after time in the film. But it's actually really good. But the thing is that it's almost the actual band. Because the band in the movie is pseudo the band in real life, except for everyone just kind of switched right. Let me explain. The vocal track is not Adam Brody, but it's Ryan Levine, who also stars as one of the band members in Low Shoulder. The band's vocals was recorded by an actual band, and part of that band is in the film. So, but it's very catchy. It's great. And then... For my final one, I'm probably going to get hate for this, but they are about as real of a fake band as you can get. After the success of the Beatles' Hard Day Night, Hard Day's Night, Hollywood decided that it was going to create a television series about a fictitious mop-top foursome whose similarities would give a later generation of lawyers night sweats. They hired four musicians slash actors, and they were named... Davy Jones, Mike <laughs> Nesmith, Mickey Dolenz, and Peter Tork, all who had varying degrees of musical skills and experiences. Instruments were set up, but they were unplugged, and the songs were re-recorded later in a music studio. But as the show progressed, they started writing their own songs, which the television studio wouldn't let them record. Mike Nesmith, who recorded himself as a musician first and an actor second, pushed especially hard to make his fake band a real band. And the producers eventually relented. By the band's third album, the musicians were actually playing and singing much of their own music with the aid of a couple of session musicians. With six albums by the original lineup and a television show that lasted two seasons, a full-length feature movie, and songs that still play on the radio, it's hard to tell where the actors end and the real real band began when it came to the monkeys. (laughs) And as of recording this episode... I will say 
that tomorrow on Friday, I actually get to meet Mickey Dolans. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, so Mickey Dolans recorded an album of REM covers and he's releasing it. So he's getting the key to the city and he's doing a record signing at this like little place in Athens. And when you buy the album, you get a ticket to see the show. And so we bought the album. And so I get to make it all. You guys have no idea how excited I am about this. Like I'm sweating thinking about it right now. I'm so excited, but you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm going to ask Will, because he knows both movies. Should we listen to through the trees or should we listen to say no more, Mone more? Oof. Oh, that's a tough one. I think I'm leaning to say no more. All right. So for the first song of the episode, we are going to go with Sexy Rexy, Rex Manning, with Say No More, Mone More. Oh, Rexy, you're so sexy. Hello, baby. Hi, what are you doing? Rien du tout. Well, do you want to come over? Pourquoi pas? You see, I need a little of my hula la I know you get lonely in your canopy bed. But say no more, baby, I'll be running everywhere. Say no more, more no more. I'll bring my love in right to your front door. Here I come, baby, je t'adore. Let's have a kiss, baby. Oh, <laughs> 
All right. I, okay. So I did have one one movie that was on my scratch list. Okay. Oh, which, which was A Mighty Wind. It's a good one. But there are four different bands that are featured in A Mighty Wind. And so you've got the Folksman Trio, the New Main Street Singers, Mitch Cohen, and Mickey Crab. Sorry, three three groups. And if you guys haven't seen A Mighty Wind, it's like a mockumentary from Christopher Guest, the same guy who did Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show. He was also Count Dugan. Is that right? Count Dugan? No. From Princess Bride. Count Rugen? He's Count Rugen, yeah. the six-fingered man. Yeah, right. Christopher Guest. Yeah. So it's all Christopher Guest, which, by the way, I love Waiting for Guffman. Anyone who's ever done theater, like especially like local theater, that movie hits. It's so good. But A Mighty Wind uh, has the Folksmen, and the Folksmen actually go all the way back to an episode of Saturday Night Live from 1984. And that's Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, and Harry Shearer. All and, the comedy yep. talent. Like just, but the thing is, I didn't. I put them on my scratch list specifically because I thought they would be too close to Spinal Tap. Right. We had Spinal Tap. Did we? And, well, nobody said. Obviously, that would be one you would immediately think of. Yeah. I think of them as a real band because they put out multiple albums. Exactly. The line is very blurry with them. It's well, it's just like the Monkees. Monkees had like yeah. six albums. So, and we saw. Sure. We saw them in concert. <laughs> like. Yep. Their last show, and you'll yeah. and you'll meet one of them tomorrow. And You're I'm welcome. Meet one of them tomorrow. The only one you can meet. Yep. Well, maybe maybe yep. from mere mortals, but someone with my background skills, I can meet all three if I try hard enough. Uh, let's wait a while before you try to meet the other ones, okay? No, you know I got dowsing rods and all kinds of great ghost hunting stuff. So I did have a a scratch list. I'll, I'll just buzz them real quick. How about Eddie Rebel? Eddie and the Cruisers? No, Eddie Rebel. From Into the Great Wide Open, the Tom Petty song and video. Uh, but he didn't put out any music. No, but he's a fictional artist. We didn't say they had to put out music. Oh, see, I was operating under the idea that they had to have actually had oh, okay. a song. Well, but the, yeah, no, just 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 fake artist, and Eddie Rebel was a fake artist. Okay. Uh, how about Otis Day and the Nights from Animal House? I had thought about that one. That Otis, crossed my mind. Yeah. My man. Um, did either of you ever see The Commitments? Yes. I've heard of it. Yeah. Really good movie from about 91? It's early 90s, I yeah. I think, Will. 91, 92, maybe? Yeah, it's an, it's an, an Irish R&B soul band, right? That's sort of, the, the movie is a story about yeah. them, but it's a it's a fictional band. My allusion to, that I almost blurted out, I'll mention Back to the Future, but I thought maybe they would come up so I didn't say anything. How about Marvin Berry and the Starlighters? Oh, <laughs> another Back to the Future. Yeah. Another Back to yep. the Future. Mm-hmm. Couldn't go through the list without mis- mentioning Uncle Jesse's Jesse and the Rippers. Oh, good lord. Oh, that's Jesse and the Rippers. Right. And John Stamos actually would go on to play Kokomo. Played yep. drums on drums yep. on Kokomo? Yep, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the and Beach Boys. And, and featured in the video. And the last one, according to Homer Stokes, them boys ain't white. Hell, they ain't, ain't even old-timey. Ladies and gentlemen, the Soggy Bottom Boys. There they are. That's okay. We I was like, we were, we were convinced you were actually going to take that. And we were talking about that the same night I started screaming che- sexual chocolate out in the middle of the street. We just looked at each other. We were like, do not take over the art, though. Do not do it. Do not do it. Okay. Well, that was a, a fun exercise. And as, as always, once you hear this episode, we would love your feedback. If, we, if there's somebody glaring we left out, 
in this list or on favorite sports movies, please post them on our socials. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. The last one on the list is a gigantic exercise in self-aggrandizement, vanity. This is basically a public jerk but I don't care. The no- I want your top five favorite one-hit wonders from my high school years. And when I sent this these directions to LD and Will, they're like, okay, so the, the top five from our high school years? I said, no. My high school years. Now, my list is obscenely long, so I'm going to go last. But I'm going to excuse myself for being ex- being excessively long on this one for a couple of reasons. One, when the songs on this list came out, the two of you were between like fourth and eighth grade. So I'm sure you heard them, probably liked them. Some of them are probably very meaningful to you, but a little different when you're in high school and you're listening to them as you drive around in your first car and your first job is as DJ at a radio station and you're playing a lot of these songs and these songs were played at your prom and there's lots of fond memories attached to them. So it was, I cut the list down to five and, and my list is like five. Yeah. <laughs> But I'll read, I'll we, just, we won't linger on my picks. We'll just we'll just read my list. But so I have a lot. But um, normally I'm a total ball busting hard ass about who is actually a one hit wonder because there are people who are widely considered one hit wonders who aren't. I was a DJ. I used to own big thick books that literally had every song that ever charted in the top forty on them, and I memorized these said books. So if you come to me with aha, I will tell you no, sir. They had another top twenty hit, and it sucked, and it's not memorable. But Casey Kasem still said it, so it counts. However, because this is a fun birthday episode, even if the person isn't technically really a one-hit wonder, I'll let it go for for the purposes of this exercise. So would one of y'all like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Because we were only supposed to pick five, right? That's what we were supposed to do. I clearly couldn't even follow directions that I myself laid out. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I tried to pick... At least one from every year, and then that failed because <laughs> 1990. You can't just do a search for one hit wonders from 1990 because then it gives you all the years. So I gave up, and 91 kind of sucked. 91 was weird. There were some weird songs that year. Yeah. So my first one, because I thought the lead singer was really hot, uh, they only had one song that's Snow with Informer. <sighs> yep. Snow was on my list. <laughs> did he go to jail? He did. He yep. did go to jail. He did. But I definitely had a type because he kind of looked like Gary from the Midnight Society. Are you afraid of the dark? I had a type. We've always had a thing for I, and, Yes. And I'm sorry, wasn't he like a six foot seven reggae rapper from Canada? Canada. He's Canada. from Canada. Yep. Mm-hmm. Licky boom, 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 down. Yep. So that was my Leaky first one. boom, boom, down, ladies and gentlemen. And then this song just got a resurgence thanks to film, which was the Indigo Girls, Closer to Fine. Were they a one-hit wonder? They were a one-hit Technically, wonder. Technically, I believe they were. That yes. is a crime. Oh, on the top 40 charts, and I'm sure on the AC charts, they've had other yeah. hits or the rock charts, but like top 40, I think it's Closer to Fine. Yeah. I'll double check, but I think that's correct. Yeah. And then this one also got a resurgence and a re-recording thanks to another film, and that was Tom Cochran. Life is a highway. Also uh, a one-hit wonder. Well yep. done. Uh, then, no, he was in ooh. a band called Red Rider that I think had a minor hit. I know it was a rock hit. Maybe I think it maybe snuck on the in the top forty of the pop charts called uh, Lunatic Fringe. Okay. Oh, that's right, Lunatic Fringe. Yeah. But yeah, he but, was in Red Rider. But but Tom Cochran yep, still stands yep. as a one-hit wonder. 
Yes, he, yep. he does. Yes. And that song is a banger. Love it. And then they it does rock. They, who re-recorded it was country guy rascal uh, flats. okay so rascal chris ledoux yeah chris ledoux remade it and then rascal flat remade it yeah but rascal flats ended up in the movie cars 2 or cars right like that's the, the one they used. i believe that's right? correct yeah okay then here's oh hey can i quick quick cut in because yeah. we do have the collective knowledge of all mankind available at our fingertips yes i'll, I'll, I'll still certainly allow the indigo girls they never had a top 40 pop hit Really? Closer to fine closer to fine peaked at number fifty-two. Good lord. Uh, and the song Galileo, which is one of the only other songs of theirs that I, I know, did make the top uh, the hot one hundred, but it stalled at eighty-nine. So they actually never had a top forty pop hit. Now they had four top forty hits on the US alternative chart. So I mean then I can just pick green jelly, three little pigs then. Yes, you can. Uh, also on my list. <laughs> I will allow it. Um, also, one that I am insanely proud of that I know all of the words to, and I almost feel like I want, like I'm not going to play the whole song, but I'm proud that I know all the words to most of the song, is Tag Team's Whoop There It Is. Now, were you more a Whoop There It Is person or a 95 South Whoop There It Is person? Tag Team. Tag Team, back again. Yeah. yeah, tag team back again. Check it directed. Let's begin. Party on, party people. And here's some noise. DC's in the house. Jump, jump, rejoice. There's a party over here. Party over there. With your hands in the air, shake it there. Yeah, these three words when you're getting busy. Whoop, there it is. Hit me. It's it's weird what's what songs odd, odd like off the wall songs like the lyrics will stick in your head. I could could right now if 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 asked to sing, and I mean start to finish Buffalo Stance by Nana Cherry. That's so weird. I have a similar parlor trick, but someone but could have seen it. You know you want money, but it's never funny when your shoes don't fit when there's a rumble in your tummy, but you had to have style, get a gold tooth smile with a girl in the corner so you could make a pop. Committed to crime when then inside it was on your wish. I could do the whole thing. I know the whole, I know the entire song. <clears throat> My okay. personal favorite is, suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. If you're renting in or ramble in, they just move where else you'll win, and they begin to see what you're doing to me. What you're doing to me, this MTV is not for free. So he's killing me so desperately. I say the other love, but also ready to pay to pay to themselves. And I can keep these feelings on the shelf. I've tried. Well, no, in fact, I've lied. I can be finished inside, but I've got too much pride inside to hide or slide. I'll do as I'll decide. Let it ride until I die. Only then shall I buy this tide of catch little tunes. I've hit the ditties. Now I'll burst all your balloons. I want to burn all your cities to the ground. I found I will not mess around unless I play. Then hey, I will go on a day here. What I say, I have a say prayer, prayer. That's really all this was. When I'm feeling stuck and need a buck, I don't rely on luck because the hook brings you back. That was 94. You can't incorporate that on this list. Suck my balls. <laughs> all right. Back they were to, not a one in wonder. Back to my list. I had to pick this one because while the, the lead singer, Linda Perry, has gone on to produce some of the biggest hits uh, in pop history including beautiful by christina aguilera her band actually is a one-hit wonder and that is the four non-blondes with what's up that's crazy yep. terrific and, and she had a reality tv show called the linda perry project the linda perry project yes and boy yep. she could she could and i presume still can wail oh god oh, yeah, she the the did the, you ever hear the song they did for the led zeppelin tribute album they did misty mountain hop no, but oh my I, god, I, she's I so good. Not. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, Woo! she's she's got some pipes on her. She's amazing. There aren't many people who should try to tackle Robert Plant, but she was up to it. She oh, was. Uh, just as a side note, too, we we actually occasionally, if we can't agree or 
fail picking out a movie or TV show to watch for the night. We'll end up just watching like music videos and seeing what it auto plays to. And we hit a 1990s playlist and I discovered something that I never realized was extremely cliche in the 1990s. When you got to a certain point, it was weird camera angles, saturated colors, and people just throwing things at the camera. Yeah. So this like, was the same night we learned that our dog liked talking heads, right? Yeah. No, it was a completely was different night. But the dog <laughs> loves David Byrne. The dog. The dog loves David Byrne. She stopped biting and she stopped barking and listened to psycho killer and most of american utopia actually tucker so. tucker tucker likes under pressure oh nice all right and then my final one so, so we can uh so we can get on to somebody else my my final is probably the greatest 1990 song that happened in this uh small capsule of time and that would be 500 miles the proclaimers <laughs> yeah nice. from which from as i told you i once believed their their album to be called shitting on lettuce it is not and and i'm glad it's you learned sunshine how to make... on lathe <laughs> it's very different i misread the album title on mtv and i i swore for a few days that their album was called shitting on lettuce instead um, of sunshine on life also that album kind of slaps there are actually a lot of really good songs and i'm sad that they didn't make it past one hit because they were really yeah. good and they're still making music i think Yes, I believe they are. Okay, very good list. Thank you. Excellent. Will, you're up. I am, and I'm also going to indulge, if you will, in a bit of a game here, because when I created this list, I was playing Would TJ Pick This Song? So I'm going to offer you my pick, but I'm also going to offer one up as a sort of anti-TJ, and I'm going to say that we'll be on your list, okay? Okay. Right, because I don't know how many of you know, but TJ and I have been playing a game for, I'll call it a game, for the last better part of the last decade, where we'll just text each other randomly in the Larry King style with a random one-hit wonder band, you know, like, tonight, two in the room for the full hour. So, wow. Sapphire, taking your this, calls. Exactly. This has gone on for forever. Yeah. Nana Heartless Cherry. Nana yeah. Cherry. Mint condition. Go right ahead, please. So I went back over this list. Midnight Oil. I have a good feeling of what TJ might pick, and I did go in ascending order, so I'll start in 89 okay. and work my way up. All right. So I give you my one-hit wonder pick from 1989, and this is one I will guarantee, TJ, it's on your list, or I don't know you at all, Jeff Healy, Angel Eyes. Number one. Yes. Uh, what a great song. Big. I love Jeff Healy Band. I really do. So incredibly talented. What a great guitar player. I think he's pretty well-renowned as a guitar player. I, I don't think He's acknowledged enough for his vocals. That dude can sing. But he, he does sadly, it. He's sadly podcast eligible just oh. because of him in the past tense. But yeah. Can I, can I just hop back to my list for one second? Sure. Okay. The Proclaimers, I just went on their website. <laughs> their new album is, Their new album is called Dentures Out. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, uh, we go from 89 it, into the 90. Oh, go ahead. They said it's an album you can really sink your teeth into. Sweet. <laughs> Wow. If you have any. I love them that, so much. Hey, um, I'm I'm old. That joke's gonna hit close to home soon. So let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember grandma didn't have any teeth by the time she passed. That's right. Good to know. Anyway, moving up to 1990, start of a new decade. I was torn on this one because there are so many. I will tell you my pick, just because I think it was one of the most unique ones to come out of this period and still resonates today. I'm going with Tom's Diner, Suzanne Vega. Oh nice. Yeah. Which so is, a D with DNA, correct? DNA, yep. Which if there's 
Tom Steiner was just a song totally a cappella on her yes. album that had come out, I guess, 89 or 90. And this group called DNA took it and remixed it into the version that most people know. That's the one I selected, yes. But this <clears throat> okay. song, this song is what's called the mother of the MP3. Yes. Yeah. So she wrote it as an acapella song in 82, and then they redid it. And that's when it peaked in 1990. And so after it's released in 87, people used to the track to test the speakers for clarity because it was a good a good warm recording of a human voice. So working at some society in Germany, Carl Heinz was working on the MP3, which is like auto audio compression. Like if you listen to music today, it's an MP3, chances are, unless you're, you know, listening to vinyl, which you should be. Uh, right. That's, that's how they created it. Uh, it, that's how they created the mp3 was by using her song to learn how to compress it so that it can actually be still maintain the sound as a digital file so cool. nice so that was my pick from 1990 but i will take even money right now again i will put everything i have on the line on this bet that tj has no myth by michael penn on his list now, but 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 wait are we calling that a one-hit wonder because didn't she have luca but that wasn't a hit no well what? dna it was DNA's only. It was DNA, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, that's... Suzanne Vega had one or two other songs at top 40 hits. Luca mm -hmm. obviously been one of them. But yeah, no, it was DNA's only hit, though. Okay, mm -hmm. okay, gotcha. But I, I did cherry pick. I, I guarantee TJ will have no myth on his list. Uh, yes, gotcha. of course. <laughs> Absolutely. One of my um, all-time favorite songs, period. There you go. Moving up to 1991, again, this was a weird year. Again, I challenge any of you to put Steelheart and Jasmine Guy on another list that makes sense. But... For this one, I'm actually opting for a song that I find just hauntingly beautiful and has stuck with me ever since I first heard it in 1991, and that's Susie and the Banshees, Kiss Them For Me. Oh, yeah. I love that song. It's a great song. It is a great I don't, song. I don't have a deep knowledge of their catalog necessarily, but that song pops. It does. Still. Apparently their catalog it is still really does. deep, too. So that's my pick from 91, but I will guarantee everything I own right now that DJ's TJ's got... I touch myself on there. Yeah, I figured he would. Um, yes. <laughs> That's, I mean, okay, first of all, if you're 16, <laughs> which I was at the time, and you hear that song, immediately you're uh, you're intrigued, and then you see Christina Amphlett in said music video, mm -hmm. and you go from intrigued to, uh, what's the Something word? Something else. <laughs> More intrigued. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I love her. She was just, you know, incredibly beautiful and so ballsy and, and podcast really funny eligible. if you ever saw any interviews with her. Um, yeah, she's podcast eligible. Yep, she is. Uh, breast cancer and encouraged people before she died to anytime a woman hears the song, I touch myself that they should do a self-breast exam. Which is awesome. Pretty cool. Um, so, but then I also remember when that song came out to knock it back to Wayne's world, Wayne and Garth singing, I don't want anybody else. When I think about Kim Basinger, I touch myself. Yes. <laughs> Keeping it classy. <laughs> so I guarantee that was going to be on your list. 1992, this was a tough one for me. There were a few. So I actually went with uh, something I'd totally forgotten about. Does anyone remember Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds? I do. Yeah, uh, Izzy. Shuffle no. it all? Yeah, shuffle it all. Yep. Nope. nope. It's a fun Sorry. song. It was. It's a good song. I don't the album was good, it. too. Well, you know Izzy from, he was the rhythm guitar player for Guns N' Roses before Gilby Clark took over. Yeah, I've explained to you on multiple occasions, literally the only band that I can name most of the members of are Queen and the Monkees. <laughs> so, that. 
and so I, know, I know I know Duff, I know Duff, McKagan, Axel Rose, and Slash. That's it for them. And I know that both of the members of They Might Be Giant is named John. That they are. And then you have Weird Al Yankovic. So that's all the band members that I can name. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm gonna throw some love to Izzy on this one. I do love that song and that album. I think it was highly overlooked and just didn't really fit musically with anything else at that time. So maybe that's why it was a one hit wonder, but I enjoy it. Really good. Again, 1992, I'm taking even money that TJ has got. Start the car by Jude Cole on the list. I don't because oh, no. I don't because Jude Cole, not a one hit wonder. Really? Did he? Oh, baby, it's tonight, right? Baby, it's tonight. Now, uh, yes, I he, he certainly would have been mm. if that was his only song. But yeah, nope, nope. I, I'm a bit of a one hit wonder. Got it. I'm a bit of a one hit wonder purist. So I did uh, not uh, opt for that one. Would have for he, if were that his only hit, though. Or you could do go with Patty Smythe. That's the other one. Um, I don't consider her one because uh, she had a couple hits with Scandal, and then I think I think you could double check me. I think No Mistakes also made the top forty. I believe. I think so. Anyway, that was that was a tough year for me. A lot of good choices. Finally, 1993. I'm going to end it off with a classic: The Breeders, Cannonball. Ooh. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why it took so long for the state to come out on DVD. <laughs> they couldn't get the rights. They couldn't get the rights to any of the music. So, like, if you if you knew the show when the state originally aired, and then you go back and either watch it on streaming or DVD, now they've got they've got like a breeders esque version of the song, but it's like just off, off enough either. to be not the breeders. So they don't so get it's like sued. It's like watching uh, reruns of WKRP, where they they don't have the original songs anymore. Correct. Yeah. Cause, Cause, well, because they the licensing to get all those songs would have cost them so much, it would have been cost-restrictive. Yeah. Yep. And then I think, LD, you picked it up. I figured TJ would put on Three Little Pigs. Or, and I did, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It did pretty well on that, I think, guessing which one TJ would pick. Indeed. Very good. Yeah. Yes, very good. Four, four or five, and it would have been five or five if Jude was a one-hit so wonder. So close. So close. All right. Now, y'all did pick off some of mine. So um, I'm just going to go through mine because my list legit is like 20 songs. <laughs> Good God. Okay. But, so just if y'all, if you, if either of you have anything to say about them, just stop me. Otherwise, I'm just going to go through mine. Uh, from 89, I had So Alive by Love and Rockets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Once Bitten, Twice Shy by Great White. Um, yeah. No, see. There uh, one in wonder? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, sure, but, sure but the station fire, like, yeah. anytime I think about Great White, I think about the station fire. Yeah, and then one of my all-time favorite one-hit wonders ever, right up there with Michael Penn and the Divinals, that would be Grayson Hugh, Talk It Over. Ooh, I like that I one. I about that one. First of yeah. all, total PD-er. That's a panty dropper deluxe. Secondly, if you really think about the message of the song, it sounds so so sweet and, and so earnest. It's, what he's really saying is like, hey, look, I'm sorry I screwed up. I think things will just be better if we have sex. <laughs> I know what'll solve this. Yeah, like, hey, sorry I was a jerk and everything. Let's uh, let let's uh, do it. I think that I think things will just be better if we get naked. What do you, what say you? I would also say, oddly, if you've ever seen the video, it's it's kind of weird. The the back there's male and female background singers, but you only see them from like the chest up because they're they're in suitcases. If you've ever seen it, it's just weird. They're in a hotel room or whatever, and. The male and female background singers hook up by the end of it, and Grayson gets his girl back, and they both descend into a suitcase to do, you know, what they're going to do. One of the female background singers is, like, low-key really hot. 
<laughs> yeah, just throwing that out there. They're both they're both cute. There's one of them. Her hair hangs down in her face, and she's just that's that's one of the most obscure. Hey, I think she's uh, hey, I think she's pretty. Moments I can never throw out at you. And if Will's ever seen the video, he'll totally back me up on it. I can't remember the video, unfortunately. I mean, if check you check it out when we're finished. Move on to 1990. I'm going to go with Epic by Faith No More. Utterly brilliant band. They predated, I think, everybody in doing the, the rock rap mashup. That's also, in my opinion, and doing not one of well. the best songs. No, it, no, it's not. But that's the one that was a hit. That's not the best one on that album, even. But no, uh, Mike Patton. Mike Patton is just a genius and can do so many things with his voice. Oh yeah. But there's the, forever. I'll have the image of the fish flopping out of water at the very end of that video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the other one from 1990 that you didn't pick off would have been "Don't Want to Fall in Love" by Jane Child. My God, don't want to You remember she had the pierced nose and ear and there was a chain that dangled between them yeah and it looked like if you ran up and pulled it like maybe a parachute would pop out of her head it looked strange yeah very strange looking 1991 again i have several for this year i'm gonna blow through them how about a song i haven't heard on the radio since it was a hit but it was a top 10 hit chesney hawks the one and only oh man that's from um was it doc hollywood no from doc hollywood oh wow Uh, which they shot in chester or no they they, they shot it in where? It was in South Carolina. It was in South Carolina. Yep. I want to say, was it down down somewhere in Charleston? Way out in the boonies in Charleston? Like way out in the woods? Hang on, if we only had the entire knowledge. If only the collective knowledge of all mankind since the beginning of time were available at our fingertips. That would be so convenient. I want to say maybe Fripp. No, well, maybe Fripp. Okay, so it says the story location was moved from Georgia to South Carolina, but they filmed it in Florida in the towns of... McCanopy and McIntosh, south of Gainesville, and then other okay. parts took place in Los Angeles. Interesting. Okay. I guess the town that they said was Grady. But there is a, a town in Charleston, more of an unincorporated hamlet called Hollywood. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, I do, because I yep. lived in South Carolina. And, and it's uh, right next to a place called Peter's Point. Hard to believe this band hard to believe this next band is the one wonder they're not on the rock charts but they are on the pop charts that'd be queen's right with silent lucidity wow again not their best song no not their best song but a good one i got wicked game by chris isaac i hate that song with a burning passion <laughs> love yeah. the song and uh how can you not like the video with he and helena christensen because it's just an excuse for him to roll around on the beach with a supermodel you can do that anyway you're a rock star dude uh, well i know i can but what about chris isaac <laughs> fire okay Enigma, Sadness Part One. Oh my God. Features a sample of Gregorian chants and somebody talking in the background, which is supposedly they're, they're saying some like super dirty stuff. Yeah. It's, in, it's in another language, right? Yes. I think it's in German, maybe. You'd have to, I'd have to, but I was yeah, about but, to say I would have to go listen to it. I'm not going to be able to discern what language. <laughs> send it to Eli. See if he, he can yeah, send it. To Eli. Maybe he can knock yeah. it out. You had the Divinals. Um, up next, I had. Uh, uh, with you by tony terry which was a real soulful r&b song i just always really liked that one and how about curtis steiger's i wonder why oh my god see i'd have to hear i would have to hear hold on i'd have to hear these songs i'm gonna Great have to song. listen to yeah, the dude, actual really song too. because you guys sound like cats being run over by a tractor <laughs> bulldozed through these last couple had divine thing by the soup dragons Oh, the a, Soup Dragons. 
They make mention of them in the world's end, don't they? Yeah, it's the band, yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know, but I I love Divine Thing. How about Charles and Eddie, Would I Lie to You? I love that song. That's a great song. Because it kind of sounds sounds like sort of like 1960-ish. That's why I like it. Yeah. Very, very soulful Motown-ish sound to that one for sure. Stay by Shakespeare's Sister. Yes. um, Which is one of the weirdest songs to ever hit the top 40 ever. Because it starts off as this. Stay with me. And then it goes all, you better open free. It gets all scary. <laughs> it's great. It's a very weird song. It's a very weird song. And I guess this was because we do need at least one more. A fun fact. Fun uh-huh. fact. One of the two members of Shakespeare's sister was, I believe it was Yvonne Fahey, who was in Bananarama previously. Okay. I think that's, I think, I don't think I'm making that up. Does anybody remember Live and Learn by Joe Public? You've got to live and learn. Yep. And, well, I actually thought you would pick this one from 1992, Jump Around. I'll jump around. Oh. The House of Pain. I, I thought about it. Made scratch list. Uh, you actually picked off, the two of you collectively picked off three of them that I had for 1993, so I only have two more. <laughs> and that would be a song that was played to open and close my prom. Rump Shaker by Rex in effect. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, honey, what was the what was my prom's closing song? Oh, I don't remember. Yes, you do because you always talk. Oh, about the Tony Rich Project. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. And the last one on here, just an ultra cool song that came at rap from such a different perspective. Love, love, love this song. The Rebirth of Slick by Diggable Planets. Diggable Planets. I'm cool like that. I'm cool, cool like that. 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 I'm cool. Bam, bana, bam, bana. That, uh, that mm, fantastic song. Love that. I can't remember the old jazz song that it samples, but that song was just so, so cool. They were really, really, really liked them. Excellent. Is that and your list? That is my list. And we'll, we'll close with something okay when we uh, you do the socials and we stop because we've been talking for two and a half hours okay so our socials if you guys think that we're doing a good job and you would like to give us money which is a thing you can do and there's going to be so much more cool stuff coming out on our patreon to give you guys because we love you and we want you to be happy but if you want to give us money to do that stuff you can do that patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven don't even bother with twitter Instagram, Rock and Roll Heaven LT. You can check out our Facebook at Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. Still not saying our website and our TikTok is Rock and Roll Heaven Pod, all one word. And you can email us at Rock and Roll Heaven LT at gmail.com. And please, guys, make sure to check out other awesome Pantheon podcasts at PantheonPodcast.com. And I will say, also, we'll throw this in the show notes. My candle shop is open. You know that uh, Christmas is just around the corner. I know you guys have seen the Mariah Carey memes. They are coming out in force. In fact, I posted one on our social media the other day. Uh, also on our Facebook page, I posted my picture, our Halloween co- my Halloween costume, because I know my brother didn't dress up and Will didn't dress up. Even though I nope. bought him a mullet, he still didn't even wear it. Didn't even do anything. So if you guys want to show us your Halloween costumes, we would love to see them. And also, if you would like to weigh in on anything we talked about over this mammoth two-hour episode, you can do that over at our Facebook page. Those would be your top five or ten, whatever. We don't care how many you pick, but your top 
5, 10, 15, 30 sports films, uh, one-hit wonders from the years 1989 to 1993, um, or as I like to call it, now AARP is going to be calling my brother, mm -hmm. and then fav favorite fictional artist. Uh, and apparently it doesn't have to actually have any music attached to it, so screw it. My list could have been so much longer, but I picked ones that actually had music attached to them. So there. But head over to Facebook and let us know what your thoughts are. And that is pretty much it. So to that, Will, do you have anything you would like to say to the audience? Stay golden, pony boys and pony girls. All right. I would like to say thank you guys so much for checking this episode out. Please make sure to check up next week's episode where it's going to be Dwayne Almond part five, four, five. Uh, this will be part four. Part four, I believe. Four. Yeah, okay. Four. Yeah. So make sure to check that out. Will's doing an amazing job keeping it high and tight. It's amazing and uh, a little bit crazy and I'm kind of digging it. So please make sure to come out next week to check out that episode. Other than that, I hope you guys had a safe Halloween and I hope that you have a safe Tuesday, I guess. And we'll see you next week. I'm going to pass that back over to my brother. He's going to close out the show. So let's all wish Mr. TJ2 the deuce. A happy birthday this November the 13th. I almost said 12th, but it was 13th. It was the 13th. It, it was supposed to be on Halloween, and I was uh, 13 days late. And you've never made that time up. You and have I never, never caught up. You have Story never. Story of my life. You have never been on time. Yep. Ever. It started in utero. I mean, let's see how I can be blamed. By the um, way, T, do you know that we told you that the wedding was four hours earlier than it actually was, and you still showed up late? Yeah, probably. That sounds about right. <laughs> Um, so uh, a couple of things I would like to say by everybody. And I would like to say, get off my lawn. I would also like to note I'm doing sports podcast and I don't know how to tell you how to find it. Okay. Excellent. That was informative. That was I'll, I'll try to post it brilliant. on Facebook. I could probably do, I could probably figure that much out. Godspeed. If you'd like to hear me, if you'd like to hear me make inappropriate remarks and, uh, you know, jokes about poop and wieners, while talking about football instead of doing so while talking about music, this would be a thing for you to check out. Oh, oh, God. Well, well, I think that you need to start your own podcast because we all have like six other podcasts happening. I know. I feel like I'm, I need to catch up here. <laughs> but I'm sitting here with uh, last song, one of my one hit wonders, trying to think. Do we want to do I Touch Myself, Divine Thing, or maybe No Myth? I'm going to say, since we all had the Divinals on our list, that you go with the Divinals. Okay. I, I'm I'm to totally fine with that. So we're going to close out with the sadly late and great Miss Christina Amplett and her band's one big hit. This is I Touch Myself. Good night, everybody, from Rock and Roll Heaven. Good night.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 